Ozzy Dean on the line here on WSCR with Bob Brunley, Mike North, Fred Humner, Annie Mann. How you doing, Ozzy? Oh, shut the fuck up. That ball hit high and deep. Way back. Way back. And he's not quite out of here. Dad, get it. The mire to mediocrity. Tell me about when you were being interviewed for the potential White Sox manager's job. I was drunk. you got to be bleeping. I'd like to talk about the remaining free agent pool that is left over after the arbitrary December 1st deadline that the owners set. Um, we saw that melee, the craziness. It was a blast actually to, to see that compressed period of free agency. Uh, I forget how many, how many billions of dollars were, were spent and how many, how many players were recipients of that. But, it was crazy. So, but there's still an interesting pool of players left that are going to affect the teams we cover here: the White Sox, Cubs, Tigers, A's, and Giants. Um, so I don't know. We we put together a list of interesting ones for us, at least. Yeah, I think you've got that over there. Do you want to? Do you want to just start? Yeah. Start on the list. I think we had Nick Castellanos oh, at the top yeah. of the list. There you go. I was. That's what I was going to say. Nick Castellanos, and uh, um, I think he's. You know, he's linked to everyone except Detroit at this point and probably the A's since they seem to be more yeah. more about giving it away uh, right now, as far yeah. as we know. Um, but, you know, the, there's been a lot of talk out of San Francisco about him uh, patrolling right field for the Giants. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like a... Uh, Nick Castellanos on either the Giants or the Sox is kind of like a catch twenty two for me because you you don't you give up a lot defensively uh, with him in, yep. in right field and obviously the Sox more so than the Giants because the Giants have a pretty solid defense. Yeah, the, the, it's something the Sox can't afford to give up, um, and if. You know, again, if you do combine production out of like, say, an Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets, who are younger too, so that's the possibility of them becoming better at right field. Here's the at right field and Nick yeah. Castellanos. You know, there's that option. But if you look at offensive production, you'd probably get close to the same offensive production from those two players in a platoon role versus a righty lefty pitching matchup. So I don't think it's a good fit for the Sox, but I, I could see it being. Definitely a fit for uh, the Giants. Um, to to yeah, I think the Giants are enjoying their offensive surge they've had, and they kind of want to keep that going with the nucleus of pitchers they have, and 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 try to compete uh, for years to come now in the West. Um, and he may make sense uh, to flip it over to you. He may make sense for the Cubs. Uh, I think it makes a lot more sense for the Cubs just because there is a connection there. I mean, he he did spend two months in in right field at Wrigley and dominated, uh, became a cult hero, a fan favorite. Uh, there's no way I could ever imagine he didn't enjoy every second of his time in Chicago. Um, he was ecstatic to get out of Detroit for actually reasons I'll bring up in a little bit, but, uh, I think it's a no brainer. I think the Cubs need, need, uh, kind of a feel good story. The, the Cubs and the marquee network need all the, all the good publicity they can get. They need eyeballs on that network. Nick Castellanos will immediately bring that, um, 
beyond giving more credibility to their eff to what their efforts really are towards winning in 2022, besides signing Marcus Stroman, there's not a whole lot else there. So they're they're going to have to bolster that to give fans reason to believe that they're really in it to win it. And Nick Castellanos would make a lot of sense. Of course, you know, like you said, you're, you're giving up defense for sure. That, that is, that is unquestionable. Um, I think, I think the Cubs would be willing to do that. Uh, it, it worked out decently, not perfectly when he was there. Um, I just, I think, he, I think San Francisco makes some sense, but I think just because there's a, you know, an obvious connection to the Cubs, I think that would be the, that would be the front runner amongst our teams at least. Yeah. Then it all comes down to years and money and whatever. And Cubs have plenty of money as will be a theme throughout this conversation on free agency. Who, who do we got next on our list? How about we go uh, Trevor's story? That's an interesting one. Um, as the Cubs uh, need a shortstop, I'm not sure that Trevor Story fits the bill. I, I am I'm not a Trevor Story fan. I know there's lots out there, but uh, I'm afraid of his splits. I'm afraid, and I'm really afraid of his kind of mediocre numbers this this past season. But his splits out of out of Colorado are, are a bit concerning. Um, so I, I'm not sure he's a fit for the Cubs. Obviously he's not for my Tigers because we just signed Javi Baez. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Do you see him as a fit for, I mean, you've got Brandon Crawford in, in San Francisco and Tim no, Anderson, I, obviously. I, well, so I think that's, that's the, when I'm looking at what's left out there, it's a lot of talented uh, shortstops, right? We, or we've got some talented shortstops left. I think the White Sox are going to have to have a conversation, whether it's with the incoming player or their current shortstop about moving over to second base. And I don't know. I don't know what Trevor's story, how I Trevor's mean, story feels about playing second base. I don't think Tim Anderson would like it very much. Um, but you, I think I think you, that whole narrative about getting somebody to switch to second base that works at the bottom of the market. That that works on somebody that is you know you're not paying hundreds of millions of dollars to to move positions. They, the, these top free agents that we're talking about have have all the leverage in the world. They, they're right. Not, they don't they don't need to uh, you know they don't need to unless they're dying to play second base, which I, I don't know. <laughs> seems like shortstop is, is more of the glamorous position that everybody wants to play. I think there's a possibility there. I don't see why the top of the shortstop market, any of those guys, or especially Tim Anderson in the, in the opposite part of that scenario would, would agree to move to second base. So unless there's something I don't know about Tim Anderson or about the negotiating prowess of Rick Hahn, I don't, I don't know why, why, any of the big shortstops would be interested in. in well, I think it's about going to a team that will pay you the money you want and you have a chance to win a world championship. And I think that is something that may make players want to possibly, you know, switch up their position. Here's my um, next question about that though. Will the White Sox be able to pay him the money he wants? I see no reason why not. Well, I'd see several reasons. Well, one reason, uh, because it's money and the White Sox haven't spent at the top of the market for any But they've but they've made they've made legitimate offers to the, the pitchers over the last few years mm -hmm. that were right where the numbers needed to be. It wasn't like 
It wasn't like low balling uh, so, a player. No, I get that. Or anything like that. So, Can they continue to do that? We're, what I'm saying is right now, they, their payroll for 2022 is at $170 million, which is the highest Jerry Reinsdorf has ever gone before anything else has happened this season. They're already at the highest levels they've ever been at. You know, they could go past that. Um, you know, maybe that maybe the results of the CBA would dictate that, but I don't see it. I, I just, just looking at history, I, I don't see why all of a sudden the, the White Sox would be big players in that market. Again, you know, maybe Jerry realizes he's going to be dead soon and we'll pull a Mike Illich and just spend all sorts of crazy money just trying to win a win a championship before he dies, but I haven't I haven't seen the the evidence of that. That the White Sox are shockingly the fifth highest payroll right now in, in all of Major League Baseball. I'm not sure when the last time that happens. They're actually spending more than the Red Sox in number six at number six right now. So I think that's something we we're going to need to talk about throughout this free agent speculation with what what the how much room and how much money the the White Sox are really going to going to want to spend. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're. Are they? Fi- I didn't know. I don't know where they. I know their active payroll is one sixty nine. So yeah, which I think that blows out of the water. Whatever their previous high was, I was. I was surprised to see that. I double checked that one. Yeah, I mean, but they have to if they want to compete this year. They need a legitimate starting second baseman, and yeah. and you know, it's there's no there's no addition by subtraction necessarily in this case unless it is a trade for a second baseman that they can move some farm people to get a veteran second baseman but i think I don't that's have, more realistic i don't have that list in front of me right now so i don't want to get into that i like that i like that for uh next episode maybe we talk about yeah, potential I trade mean, target that, that's fun but i mean that could even be that could be a right field solution too, but again, I don't sure. really feel like necessarily need a right field solution. But yep. I'm in the I'm in the minority on that of of White Sox fans. Yeah, and it's there. And while I'm happy, I'm thankful that we don't have you know all, our GMs really aren't worried about how the fans generally feel about the moves they make. So like, thankfully, yeah. uh, you know that is not going to dictate what they do, but. Um, Anyway, that's that that's that's my thoughts on that. And I agree with you too in the fact that you're right. Like if you're if you're one of the top uh, position players out there, you you know, you don't there's no reason if you don't want to why you would change positions, especially if it's going to devalue you for your possible next contract or well, something. Well, that, that's the big elephant in the room. Yeah, that's why that's why the guys don't want to do it because if that's a less valuable position that gets paid less, they're they're not going to want to want to do that. Unless this is they're thinking of this as their final contract. Yes, yeah. that's, that's the other side of it where they're not concerned yeah. about that. But I think I think you're you're onto something there with the with the trade market. I think that that's where the White Sox go for their second baseman if they can. They've got the system to to be able to, and they have some redundancy. Yeah, with I mean, their, with their youngsters, so there might be there might be some moves there to be made where it seems like second base is a, a, a place you could trade for. Might be Kimbrel to the Cubs for uh, Nick Madrigal. <laughs> the, the redo. Yeah. <laughs> sure. All right. Thanks for the Lona. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on. Yeah, uh, let's move on. From that. Let, let's move on to uh, former Chicago Cub, Christ Bryant. The Christ. The, the Savior. 
once considered the savior of the Cubs. He did save the uh, Cubs. He did save the Cubs. He had some really great years there. And now um, he's asking for more saviors. So yeah. Um, I mean, the Giants are out. They pretty much said so. They pretty much. I'm surprised said they by were that. Underwhelmed by his performance. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I'm just, surprised by that. But and you know, projecting him going forward, I think is what everyone's going to be using against him if if his numbers have been in some decline. Um, as he ages, I'm, they're saying his swing doesn't age well, which, yeah, uh, I mean, that, that could be negotiating ploys or just the whole, the whole market trying to devalue him. I don't know. I, I, I could, I could see that though. I could, if that's the case, I could see him coming back to the North side. I know. Right. That's what I keep thinking. If the whole market has devalued his services and he has nowhere else to go, I think he has a very happy home in chicago i mean you want to you want to talk about flipping a fan base in a red hot minute yeah. if you if you sign any of uh if, if you sign him if you there's there's two other names uh well we don't have to well, jump i think we'll get hat. into those right we'll away get, here we'll get into those in the next in the next few minutes but obviously he's a speaking of chicago he since he can play every position on the field he's obviously a great fit for the white Sox. um mm. That's but, interesting. But um I I again I don't think I, I think Trevor's what what Trevor's story is gonna get would be more more in the socks uh dollars than uh mm. what Chris Bryant may be asking for. So Boy. we'll see. Oh yeah, but, it'd be more than what Chris Bryant, but yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see on that. Well, the, the, I mean, other Cubs you mentioned that are on the market still are first baseman, uh, two first basemen, actually, as Kyle Schwarber has emerged as a first baseman of in maybe a name only <laughs> with the Red Sox. But Schwarber's out there. And of course, of course, Anthony Rizzo is still out there. Uh, you know, every every bleeding heart blue Cubby fan would love to have those guys back. I'm not sure that would be any anything more than a feel good story and to sell some tickets and sell some subscriptions to the marquee network. Uh, you know, if that's if that's what we're going to do, we decided that was not the way to build the franchise. We had to go away from those guys to uh, have more contact hitters. And I think Rizzo would be the the plausible one. I don't know if his feelings are hurt. Uh, if he'd come he's back. a sensitive dude, man. I do have a not inside information, but listening to a, to a podcast over this past month, uh, the Compound Ian Hapsk podcast that he does with uh, a couple of former teammates with the Iowa Cubs and the Cubs system, Zach Short and Dakota. I always forget his name, but sorry, Dakota. Um, but of course, Ian Happ is great friends with Anthony Rizzo, as they've were teammates for quite some time, and they consider themselves more than teammates. Rizzo came on his show in early December. Uh, revealed some news that he did indeed pack up his condo finally in Chicago. That's why he was back in town. Uh, makes sense. You know, he wasn't able to do that, obviously, after being traded at you know near the deadline, and it took him a while. So, But it's almost like he closed the chapter on Chicago uh, by, by officially moving out of the city. Uh, not that a multimillionaire couldn't easily just move right back if, if the money called. Um, one funny thing he said, uh, is that, that, that certainly piqued my interest is that 
He is neighbors with none other than Alex Avila uh, in, down in Florida. And Alex Avila happens to be the son of Tigers general manager Al Avila or Avila, depending on who you're speaking to at the time. But And Rizzo joked that he might be talked into, might be able to be talked into playing first base for the, for the Tigers going forward. That was obviously a uh, tongue in cheek uh, as Tigers already have a uh, first baseman for now and a first baseman for the future uh, with Cabrera being there now. And then Spencer Torkelson assuming, assuming the role going forward. So I'm not sure that makes any, any more sense uh, than just a fun joke on a podcast. Uh, but I, I almost fell off my couch when I heard that one. So seeing Rizzo in the number 44 in the old English D would be pretty damn cool. I think Rizzo's going to end up back in New York. I, I think he wants he wants to be a Yankee. I think he loved his time there. I think that short porch in right field makes all the sense in the world. I don't know why. I think he he seems like a big big city, big stage guy. I think he makes all all the sense in the world. It's just up to the Yankees, I guess. I don't know what uh, what the Yankees' strategy has been uh, going forward. They they don't seem to be the the world's biggest spenders though the way their reputation has been for the last 20 30 years so that's a little that's a head scratcher there but i don't know would the would do the white Sox or need another first baseman i mean uh, eventually well, dh history would say yes but uh really no <laughs> no. no we're good we good yeah, we good, good. He, he's not needed in the giants either um brandon belts there so what about Schwarber? I know a lot of White Sox fans want wanted Schwarber. Yeah, uh, really? Yeah. I've heard you've heard that before. I'm, I'm not making it up, am I? No, I guess not. I mean, like, yeah, I, I people love offense. They they don't realize what you have to give up sometimes uh, for offense. I guess as a full time or nearly full time DH, but we don't really need a full time DH. We have so many hitters on the team at the moment or batters. I should say you can use lefties. You can use a left-handed bat. That, that's where that, that well, we got, we, well, I mean, that's maybe, I mean, if, you know, if Gavin sheets numbers play out to a full season, like the projection, we really don't need one. So, Whoa. all right. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just saying that's all. I mean, it's, it's, you gotta, you've got to pick, You've got to pick your poison right now and, and what they really need. And it, to me, it's a middle infielder. So more so than that and a, and a few more relief pitchers. So, Well, as long as we're talking about the White Sox, I think we should talk about former White Sox, Carlos Rodon and where he may or may not end up. Uh, he is a, he's a, might be the biggest head scratcher for this offseason because he has all the potential to be a Cy Young award winner. He was in the running for it, but do you trust his health? And I don't, and I don't, I don't know who will. I don't know. I think I've heard he's looking for a three-year deal. Um, he's, yeah, it's a multi-year deal. I think anyone who gives him a multi-year deal is an asshole. <laughs> um, yeah. I, that, I mean, boy. And, I and no, love- no, no, no effect. I mean, it's not, I think he, he's a really great guy. Yeah. But give me, he hasn't. He's never played a full fucking season. You got the very best out of him. The very best we've ever seen was this last year, and he could not. He could yeah. not deliver in the playoffs. I mean, he may have to. Stretch, so. He may have to do a freaking 
media bullpen session to prove he can throw 97 miles an hour or something before that was the disturbing thing is velocity was down so much down the stretch and then it ramped up immensely in that playoff game and then he could only go for three innings or was it even three innings yeah i mean i mean maybe his i mean maybe for carlos rodan his real future potential is a closer because yeah you bring a guy in with that it's similar actually his arsenal is very similar to Kimbrel's arsenal where you've got the if, if he can ramp it up and throw 99 miles an hour and then snap off some nasty freaking shit dropping out of the zone like Kimbrel does that is that is a great closer I think but, that is definitely his future. I don't think he believes that's his present. No, he does not. And, and that so the, he's going to be his own worst enemy probably this upcoming season. I What I can see happening more likely than not is him signing a big one-year deal. I think, all, I think teams would be lining up to give him a one-year deal. And those with the disposable income could give him a, a big-ass dollar yeah. amount. I mean, you can get a one-year deal and be set for life. Yeah, so you know what I mean, he gets he yeah. gets a one year like eighteen probably million dollar deal based off of his stats from last year. So maybe that's why the the asking price that's out there is three years, um, just to set the bar way too high when he would be possibly willing to do one year, um, and you know, and that's essentially a bet on himself, you know, while making a shit ton of money. Um, I don't know. In that scenario. I mean, I can see the Tigers even going after him for for one year. I think the the Cubs might be interested. I don't I don't know who wouldn't be interested in Rodon for one year. So that's where the that's where the numbers get big for him. I think I think that might be his best strategy. But um, is that all of our? I think we've covered all the Cubs and White Sox that we wanted to talk about. Um, the, at least the big players. Other you know other names out there. Former Cubs relievers like uh, Ryan Tapera and Andrew Chafin, I think, would be no-brainers if the Cubs are, you know, really going for it. I think, you know, getting Marcus Stroman isn't necessarily sending the signal that they are going for it this year. I don't think bolstering your middle relief is a is a move a team does that isn't uh, really in it to win it. So, I think if we see the Cubs make a a, a splashy move. Uh, such as uh, Nick Castellanos, as we mentioned, and another uh, to be named later shortstop that we will bring up for sure, the elephant in the room. Um, I think after they make a big deal like that, they might be going after Andrew Chafin, who is another cult hero, um, famously baseball player, T-shirt wearing guy, Rob Beck Jr., the shooter 2.0. Ryan Tapera, obviously a great reliever on both sides of town. Um, I think those those kind of guys actually would make sense, like I said, after the Cubs make another move. They could make more sense for the White Sox, though. To, I mean, because Miller Relief is going to be something any contending team is going to want to take a look at, unless you're willing to wait until the trade deadline to address that. No, I think both of them make sense for the Sox, and they make sense for the Giants, too. Um, so, mm. like, I you know, I always thought there was a chance that Para could come back. So, um, I mean, we'll, we'll see. They can, I, you know, in, in the perfect world, you know, they, they sign them both and they don't have to have uh, a pitcher go. They have three closers, two top, two top middle relievers. You don't have to have any starter pitcher get past the fifth inning. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. 
No problem. No problem. We got this thing. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, they're, 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 to your point, it's hard to not see them as a fit for any ball club that's, you know, wants to contend. So, right. um, it's, it's a commodity, uh, to get good ones to was very good with the white Sox. He, 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 he performed very well. He had his first outing was his, was his major bad one. Um, I think mm. he, I think it was against the Cubs. I think he, I think he got lit up or something like that, and everyone freaked out. And Some mole in another mole. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. So, <laughs> uh, well, we can move on to some other just generic big names out there that don't necessarily have any connection to any of our teams, like Kyle Seeger. Well, you know. he's retired. So did he retire? Yeah, he retired. I didn't even see that. Yeah, That's he retired. So yeah. he he's got no connection except for the <laughs> Seattle Mariners as. He played there his entire career. Wow, that's amazing. He's not that old, I don't think. I know he's older than Corey, but he's 33. 33. Yeah, that's surprising. Um, so surprising I didn't even know about it. <laughs> it's breaking news for Smitty. Anderson Simmons is another name on the list. Ugh. I I mean, you gotta love his defense, but you know, that would make sense only for the White Sox, only if uh Tim Anderson is willing to move over. That would be an upgrade defensively for sure. Um, but that's a complicated scenario that I'm not sure makes any sense. Um, certainly not in San Francisco. There's a bunch of outfielders left over. Like, uh, well, you got the Conforto. Who, I'm not a fan of Conforto. Ever. I mean, he had he had he had some solid years there, but again, last year, kind of like the Trevor Story situation, you gotta like question like what 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 do you get going forward with this player? Conforto, I'm completely biased because of fantasy experience. You know, where I just get burned by him anytime I put him on my roster. I feel like he's he's fool's gold. Eddie Rosario uh, has been better on my fantasy teams, and he was much better with the. Uh, with the Braves, uh, world champion Braves down the stretch. Uh, that's an interesting one maybe for uh, the White Sox if you are going to be move, making a move for the outfield. But uh, as you, as you stated, that, you, that, you don't want to. Yeah, but that's a downgrade mm. from offensively from what they have. He's a downgrade. I mean, mm. his numbers have been deteriorating. So yeah. Jorge Soler is out there. Yeah, I mean, we could just have the we could have the Cubs, the former Cub corners left and right we can let we can tell um lewis robert he has to basically patrol all three fields <laughs> yeah <laughs> he might be uh, able to do it though that's the thing. Might, that's the thing yes so hopefully he's been working out gaining getting even faster than he already is to cover you know oof, yeah i mean great great bat uh incredible playoff um, probably going to get a little overpaid maybe because of his playoff performance, yeah. but I mean, he's been putting up the numbers for several yeah, years. He, though. The he, numbers has, are there. he has. And I mean, I love, I love his offense. I love his, you know, he's not, he's not, how old is he now? He's only mm, like what? He's not old. 25, 26. Yeah, so he he's probably be. coming into his best years. I mean, I would be like, he's the guy, he's a, a guy like if the Sox signed Solaire, I'd be like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know how I feel about it because I feel like It'd be we fun to talk about. are going to have some problems defensively, but wow, doesn't that lineup look even, mm -hmm. you know, 
more dangerous now with someone like him in it. So, yeah. Well, I think the last few names on, on our list here are just fun to talk about. I'm not sure they're actually going to be no. available. Well, I think one of them's coming right to the White Sox for the starting rotation. <laughs> would that be Clayton Kershaw? Oh, my God. How did you read my mind? <laughs> Why on earth would Clayton Kershaw <laughs> ever leave the this? The Dodgers beautiful... don't want him. They don't want him. Dodgers definitely want him. They uh, they did him a favor by not giving him the qualifying offer just to keep the keep the the drama down. They will give him whatever money he wants. I'm sure they have a, they have a deal worked out. They just want him to be healthy, and I think he just wants to be healthy. His legacy is set. He's one of the best pitchers in history. He's I think he's a Dodger for life. Uh, if he if he cannot. Uh, decide on a deal with the Dodgers. I think he's really going to decide he either he can pitch or he can't this off season, you know, based on his health. And if he can pitch, he's just going to go right back to the Dodgers, but that's or fun. To, it's the giants, you know, that's a common switch. <laughs> that's a common switch out there. It wow. is a common switch. Common. <laughs> I'd like to see the numbers on that, how common that actually is, but that's just a fun one. I, I think he's doing uh just uh they're they're being cool to each other they seem to have a great relationship between the the team and the player so i don't i don't see anything else happening there but another weird one that hasn't been done yet is freddie freeman Mm. from the world champion atlanta braves who i would think the braves would have fallen all over themselves to resign i guess it's a similar situation a little bit to anthony rizzo where rizzo is the face of the Cubs franchise and they were willing to let him go. Um, Maybe Freddie Freeman's the new face of the Cubs franchise. Well, and that's, that's the fun, that's the fun, really fun side of this, a reckless speculation um, in that he would replace Rizzo, a younger version of Rizzo, uh, better version of Rizzo, better version of Rizzo. Uh, Maybe not defensively. I think it's pretty close defensively, but um Boy, uh, that that would be a blast. I think that is. I have Cubs written right next to his name wow. on my list because I, mean, I, I I see of everything we talked about on this list for whatever reason. Like if I feel like I feel like when your team's not mentioning on a player in a lot of cases mm. when it's like in this period is when that team is the most dangerous. It's when Jed it, Hoyer it, pounces, is 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 that you try to keep that shit under lock and key on a big name like that, and then boom, boom, it's announced as a surprise, and it's a perfect fit for both. Yeah, if Atlanta doesn't, I mean, to be honest, if I'm Freddie Freeman, I feel a little bit like like the Kershaw thing. Yeah, that's all like a that's a that's a mutual agreement. They're aware of what's going on in that situation. Yeah. That's that's a fluid situation. There this, seems to be some it- issues yeah, between this, the Braves. Yeah. yeah, this makes no sense to me. It, I can't it believe seems it hasn't like an, been resolved yet. So, and I, yeah. but at the same time, I can't believe he wouldn't be in a Brave going forward. So right, I, I don't exactly. know what to think now. So yeah. that that leads to the plausibility of reckless speculation. So that's where that's where you can dare to dream like the cubs certainly need a first baseman uh that would be an upgrade from what they've had uh boy i i i kind of don't want to talk about it because it almost be too good to be true and i'll I'll jinx it somehow by let me jinx it freddie freeman will be a (laughs) chicago cub i I like your attitude i I like your style (laughs) i'm aggressive well 
the biggest name in the room that we have failed to speak of because it ties into many more things we want to talk about going forward would be Carlos Correa, who I spent the whole season of 2021 speculating that he would be a, You've been a Detroit fe- Tiger. You fouled his lunches. You stalked him at lunches. You'd have pictures of him. I was critiquing his body language I mean, during flew, brunches. Flew out to Florida or flew out to Texas to film a lunch. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> that was not me. <laughs> uh-huh, sure. Maybe. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> But the the interesting thing is Carlos Correa has not been rumored with not one, but two of my favorite teams this offseason, as he, of course, was number one uh, rumored to be going to my Detroit Tigers. And since that has not come to fruition, he is now rumored to be going to the Chicago Cubs. And I think that makes a lot of sense on a lot of levels. Uh, it sounds like from uh, the score, 670, the score reporter, Bruce Levine. Ooh, that well, there is... we, know, we know that's probably not going to happen then, but continue <laughs> there, anyway. There is mutual interest, quote unquote, uh, in that the Cubs are interested and Carlos Correa would be interested in going to the north side. And I think that that makes all the sense in the world. There's no reason to disbelieve that. I could see why Carlos Correa would be interested. I could definitely see why the Cubs would be interested as they certainly need a shortstop. Again, they need a big name uh, to jumpstart this fan base that is uh, losing some interest. That you know the marquee network numbers are not what they want them to be. They started that network in the beginning of a pandemic and suffered "quote unquote" biblical losses uh, and dumped their entire uh, legendary World Series team in this offseason. So they, their Q rating is as low as it's ever been, and they need to boost that. Uh, you know, not not just for the, in the interest of winning baseball games necessarily, but to get some revenues back in, back in there. As uh, Tom Ricketts has said over and over again how poor he is because of uh, factors beyond his control. Um, so, yeah, I, I think... Carlos Correa would be interested in that, in that the Cubs should be able to spend as much money as anybody on the market because we all know the biblical losses are complete bullshit. Um, so I think there's an interest on both sides. Where, where the sticking point is right now, and I'm actually happy to hear this, um, is that the Cubs don't want to give them 10 years. And that was something I was a little bit worried about with the Tigers, um, giving them 10 years. Uh, again, I'm never worried about the money my team spend. It's not my money. Uh, there is no uh, hard salary cap in Major League Baseball. There is a de facto salary cap in the luxury tax, but um, neither the Cubs nor the Tigers actually have to worry about that as they are spending right around $100 million as of today on their 2022 rosters. So they have plenty of room to maneuver. It's the 10 years that makes me nervous with Correa, who has had some issues with his back and other things. Over his over his career, young career, where those things aren't going to necessarily get better as he ages. Um, so I would love it if the Cubs can do a, a high dollar deal that that Carlos Correa is looking for, um, but not give up the ten years. If it was a, a seven year deal or something like that, where he's you know his early thirties before he reaches thirty five, maybe I think that would make some sense. 
Um, do you think I do you think I'm crazy? Do you think I'm I've got I'm wearing my cubby blue glasses right now and seeing this, drinking the Kool-Aid? Well, I, I, possibility I think you're drinking the Kool-Aid because he's not taking anything less than a 10-year deal because someone is going to give him a 10-year deal. That's, that's a great point. Um the only thing I'm thinking that could curtail that is it didn't it didn't happen. It didn't happen in that December 1st melee. Um not that not that it can't. Uh, I'm not I'm not that naive, and I I think the suitors are going to start dropping out, and eventually he's going to want to go to a place he wants to go. And if he already shows an interest in in Chicago, I think they have a chance. I I think I think most likely you are right um, in that he'll go to somebody that will give him the years and the money. I'm wondering who that is though. I mean. I don't believe it's going to be the Yankees. Um, that that's the first place people go to with Carlos Coran. There's there's weirdness in that relationship, specifically because of the Houston cheating scandal scandal and how it significantly affected the specifically the New York Yankees. So I, I wonder if that's a that's a weird weird point. I'm not. He would not be a popular signing there, which is already a tough market to be in. I'm not sure he's he's uh really ready to jump into into the, the big apple i think the other the other coast uh would be you know obviously the dodgers are the other big spender that are, could be looking for a shortstop i think that might be more plausible if they're willing to do the 10 years um i don't know wh- wh- where do you think he might go if he if he wouldn't go to the cubs uh well i think i think the i i hear what you're saying about the yankees but i don't i don't yeah. think that is I don't think a Yankee fan's gonna. Well, I mean, you will have a handful of Yankee fans who are like, "You, you, oh, you fucking got a cheater out." No, here. I'm saying Correa wouldn't want to. Would be. Not I don't. I don't think. There. I don't think. I don't think he'd be bothered by it. I think. I think the, the, the money will, will. I think the money will will curtail that. Okay. Uh, and I, I also. I, I also think the idea of. I think I think Korea likes I think part of what drives Korea to have an interest in the Cubs is uh, guys like Korea besides the money are also interested in bringing world being part of world championships back with clubs that want to get back to world championships. So I think that's intriguing to him for the Yankees maybe having a end up having two legacies one with the Astros and one with the Yankees. Wow. Um or one with the Astros and one with the Cubs, if he's able to d- deliver that. Um, I, I also see the Dodgers, like you said. I see the, I see the Dodgers, you know, of course, uh, being part of sense. it. Um, you know, the, the rep- I did find it kind of funny, and I, I, I'm guessing you kind of felt the same way that, you know, Detroit offering um, 275 at 10 was – just mm, we're gonna, to I'm say gonna we, definitely bring that up in a minute but well i i felt like it reminded me of the white Sox in the early part of the rebuild when they were in not the last few years but the early part of the rebuild they would be in on like some veteran right and then when the terms of the contract the Sox offered the veteran <laughs> it was never it was never going to be agreed upon but it was great press well, it was that great was... It was That's great. The press Manny that, Machado scenario where yeah, the seven years Kenny tried to convince years. us that two hundred and seventy million was more than three hundred million. You yes, know? that was yes, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So, 
So I, I when I saw that reported that it, like when I saw it was reported at at two seventy five after we discussed over and over again the contracts that that the other like the other players had out there Francisco Lindor for example like why why even I guess you put that out there thinking maybe he'll take it because he's going to come back with his old manager, but you know he's looking for three hundred and thirty-five million. He's okay. Then we'll, we'll get into the subject. Um, yes, he's looking in. He he wants that, but that doesn't necessarily mean the market is there for that. You know, but why can, would you? Why would you take that on this side of the market? Like when when he knows teams with more money are waiting to spend to see how this whole agreement shakes out. So we don't know that. <laughs> I mean, we, we think they are. I think that's the speculation. It's certainly what, what he hopes. And that's certainly what Scott Boris hopes, but I, I'm, I'm not sure that's there. I think, I think the tigers were wanted him at their price. And if they couldn't get him at their price, they had other options. And so they, they gave out the deal that they were, they were comfortable giving out um, and he didn't accept it. And I think they were probably fully aware that he wasn't going to accept it, but they were hoping that he might. And that that's the only way that was going to happen. What that has led to is a lot of discussion in Detroit, uh, whether that was a low ball offer um, from owner, Chris Illich, who has, I think a really unfair reputation of being a cheapskate compared to his father, Mike Illich, who spent like a drunken sailor uh, as the Tigers are trying not to do this offseason, as Elavila said. Um, I think it made no sense for the Tigers to be spending money over these last five years as they have been a, in a rebuild. They have had to they have had to come through the hangover of the Mike Illich years as those huge contracts did not did not play out. Um, you know, the, the, the worst example is the Jordan Zimmerman, uh, contract that who was basically hurt the entire time. They spent over a hundred million dollars on him though. Those, those dollar figures add up to an incredible level that, uh, a media market, like the tigers are, I'm not going to call them a small market or they're certainly not a big market. They're, they're a medium market can, can absorb. And at some point you gotta, you gotta pay the bills you got to pay for pay for the party, and that's that's why the Cub, the Tigers have been rebuilding this time. There's no reason for a rebuilding team to all of a sudden go out and spend a shit ton of money over these years, and that's what I'm saying. That Chris has had this reputation for years, and that, I just think that's unfair. Now that they are getting into the winning window of opportunity, potentially with by after they've rebuilt the the system and are seeing some very interesting prospects come up and had a surprisingly fun and great year last year in, in some terms. Um, I think now is the time to spend money and they, and they are, and they've done that. What the, the drunken sailor money might not be being spent. I think they got a great deal with Javi Baez and we, we've already gone through this. Javi Baez is not Carlos Correa. I'm not, I'm not saying he is but he's not half as good as Carlos Correa yet. He's getting half as much money as he's, as we're speculating that Carlos Correa will get and for probably half the years. So I think that, that this kind of puts into perspective what, 
what a deal the the Tigers got with with Javi Baez. And I'm not again, I'm not I'm not saying Javi Baez is going to be able to produce what Carlos Correa has or will, but I think it, I think it's seeing what the price tag was and if that's what the market was going to be, I think they just decided it's it's an outrageous price to pay and they weren't they weren't willing to make it. So again, it's 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 what, you know, Carlos Correa can want anything he want, want anything, can say anything he wants. You know, if he wants 10 years and 33 million, well, we'll see. Uh, I think the Tigers just said, hey, this is what we can do. This is an offer on the table. This isn't a potential offer that may or may not be out there. Here's 275 million. Do you want this? And do you want those 10 years? So, and he didn't take it. So, you know, no, no hard feelings. That, that's business. Uh, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to say that, that it's a low ball offer that chip, that Chris Illich is a cheapskate over it. I'm not saying Chris Illich is a cheapskate, but I think it was a dare to dream offer that he would even take it. Again, I think it's an optics offer. I That's just, all. I disagree. I mean, I'm well, saying. Well, I don't know why. It, I don't know. It's, this is what I find funny about your rationale with the Tigers. It's not an optics offer, but if the White Sox did the same thing, you would say it was an optics offer. Well, so, thanks for putting words in my mouth right there. Well, when I have I ever know, said? Well, when I, have I, I ever said the White Sox have given an optics offer? Well, I mean, you, give me one you, example. You, you've criticized the White Sox that they haven't spent money, and you just said that, earlier in the broadcast. That's totally different than putting an optics out, putting you words just, in my mouth, and saying you, I would say it's an optics offer. I've never You're, said that about that. Like, like the you know the the you know the offer to the, the Manny Machado the you know the White Sox. Well, you didn't, said that, didn't po- but you said it too, and it's like they didn't pony up enough money to get Manny Machado. But hey, it it, it looks like they tried to get him. I don't, you know, it, you know, you know what he's asking for and what he wants. So. I just spent ten minutes describing to you why why they did that and how I don't. I know, and I could, that, so. I could, yeah. And, we, but whenever I whenever I talked about stuff like that with the White Sox, again, you said you don't care how much your team spends on their money. It's not your money. Let them spend the money. I don't want the ten so. years. That that's what I. I mean, I'm surprised they went the ten years, but they they thought they had to do that to get him. That that's another reason why I don't think it's a low ball offer because they they committed the ten years to him. It's the the amount of money that he that he bristled at. So that that's another strategy too. That they could say, "Here's that ten million dollars." The Cubs are offering you six or whatever it was. You'll see if you get b- longer deals than that. But if you want that much, that many years, we're gonna we can do it at that at that price value. So I lost Pete. <laughs> no, I'm back. <laughs> I know. I don't think that was intentional, but <laughs> no, it was not. No, you're yeah okay yeah. Well, I mean, I just I just. Maybe optics is the wrong word. I just, I just think they knew, but I also, I also think while we, uh, this is the thing I always tried to express as a White Sox fan and as a baseball fan, we may all want our teams to spend $200 million and they may all be able to afford to do that, but that may not be the budget that our GMs have been given. So like, we just always have to keep that, in mind when discussing these things. So that's all.